Georgia's DBHDD has an urgent health warning. One of every 10 counterfeit pills contain fentanyl, a powerful and very deadly drug. Pills from friends or dealers are unsafe, and one pill can cause an overdose. More info at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Once I built a railroad, now it's done, brother. Can you spare a dime? Imagine 3,500 job seekers standing in a mile-long line, waiting for hours to get into a job fair. Is this a scene from the Great Depression when Bing Crosby's brother, Can You Spare a Dime, was a hit? Nope. June 2019, the Anderson Conference Center in Macon, a city and state with low unemployment rates. The turnout was a surprise to both job seekers and to organizers and to us. So we assigned on Second Thought intern Jake Troyer to investigate. He connected us with Stephen Adams, executive director of the Macon-Bibb County Industrial Authority. That's the entity charged with attracting new businesses and employers to Macon. And he's on the line from our bureau there. Hello, Stephen. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And to talk employment numbers, we're joined in studio by Alex Carmadell. He's senior policy analyst for the Georgia Budget and Policy Institute, dedicated to nonprofit, nonpartisan research and analysis. Alex, great to have you back with us. Great to be here. All right, let's start with you, Stephen. There was obviously a huge demand for the job fair. What kind of employers were there to draw that kind of turnout? Well, we um, we recognized uh, it would be good to try to have an industry-specific job fair, and so we focused on the logistics industry, obviously with uh, Amazon getting closer and closer to their day one and their, their hiring uh, process. We thought it would uh, be appropriate to, to invite our other logistics industry partners. So we had uh, people there from Coca-Cola, from McLean, from Kohl's, um, just some of our distribution center operators, but also we have, uh, you know, some of our manufacturers have a logistics piece of their industry, and so we invited uh, some of our manufacturers to join us as well. I'm not exactly clear on what logistics industry means. Well, that is, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the easiest way to describe it from a consumer's perspective is that when you go on Amazon and click uh, to have that or order shipped to your house in less than a day, you know, how does that happen? How does it get to you? And that's... Uh, where the logistics industry comes into play. All right, so Amazon, obviously a big draw for job seekers. We all remember the heated competition to land Amazon's second headquarters, or H2Q. Winning City was not Macon, by the way. So what kinds of jobs or facilities does the tech giant have in Macon? Well, you know, it, it's funny. When we were first working this this project, um, it was confidential, as, as most of the projects we work are, and it started as a real estate search, you know, for the logistics industry, uh, the location is very important. Um, and so while we were about halfway through this process, Amazon announced that they would be doing uh, what was referred to as HQ2. And uh, obviously it, it caught our attention and we, uh, we looked closer into it. And if you looked at the RFP that they put out, there were some very specific guidelines for which uh, most cities of making size were well outside of those parameters. So we, we continued to, to, to work the, the project that was uh, available to us, which was the now one million square foot fulfillment center. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, they will be hiring from scratch. I mean, they're, they're right now they have brought in a senior operations manager from one of their other facilities to, to get this branch up and running, but they will be hiring everything from, from janitors all the way to the, the, the manager levels. And this includes you know, equipment operators, stockers, pickers, packers, uh, material handlers, forklift operators, CDL drivers. I mean, it, it's the, the whole gamut. And make it, of course, great infrastate, 
interstate infrastructure, college students there, uh, workforce ready. Alex, unemployment rates have been consistently declining. As of March 2019, Bureau of Labor Statistics has Georgia's unemployment rate at 3.9%. But here we have thousands of people looking for work. What do you see in those numbers? Yeah, so the unemployment rate is a is a quirky way to really understand our economy. I've, given the story that we're talking about today about the job fair, it's more pro- appropriate to think about labor force participation, which also includes folks who are in the workforce and those who are actively seeking jobs. And that rate captures folks who are seeking work, but also are dealing with a lot of barriers and cycling in and out of job fairs and the unemployment line because they may be uh, funneled into work that may only provide part-time wages mm-hmm. or part-time hours, um, perhaps doesn't provide the quality supports like uh, paid leave, uh, sufficient health care services, things like that, which encourages folks or motivates folks to kind of reconsider their current job status and consider new opportunities and new jobs. So this is not the only, unemployment is not the only statistic to measure jobs. There's also underemployment. What's the distinction between those two? Yeah, so underemployment can be looked at as uh, a a way, um, jobs that don't necessarily match an individual skills or education. So somebody being completely overqualified for a job that um, doesn't necessarily require uh, a bachelor's degree or, or higher, uh, which is uh, se- seemingly becoming a larger proportion of our jobs uh, landscape in Georgia. Um, but it also includes those jobs that, again, don't provide the, the quality and the support for folks to sustain themselves and their families that don't necessarily um, lead to dignity in work um, that we hear often talked about in Georgia. So it sounds like we have a lot of skilled workers who are doing work that is that's below their skill level. That's right. Okay. So Stephen, was the number of people in attendance a surprise to you? It, it was. I mean, I think we we expected uh, what we've come to term as the, the Amazon effect is you know hindsight is twenty twenty looking back on it. Uh, but we had talked with uh, several uh, potential facilities and talked to Anderson Goodwill Conference Center, and they had. They had hosted job fairs in the past, and I think their record was uh, 1,500 people. And so we were kind of thinking, all right, that's 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 fair to expect that. And uh, very early that morning, we recognized that it was going to be a large crowd, and we we, we worked to accommodate. And uh, you know, we again, I, I know there were a lot of people that are waiting in the long lines, and it was hot out there, and we, we did everything we could to accommodate. But to me, I think that uh, is definitely an indicator that people are hungry and they're looking for. Uh, more opportunities, and 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 that's really where I, where I see our our role is to, you know, try to identify companies that are a good fit for for our community, and provide more opportunities. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of times we have found that the the more opportunities there are out there, the more it requires employers to be more competitive with the. Uh, their pay scale and their benefits that they offer. What was the what were the numbers in the end? How many people attended? We've uh, we're ballparking over thirty five hundred people. Wow. So we're talking with Stephen Adams. He's executive director of the Macon Bibb Industrial Authority. Also with us, Alex Carmadell. He's senior policy analyst for the Georgia Budget and Policy Institute. So, Stephen, what kind of workers were employers looking for? Were there specific skill sets? Um, again, just speaking to some of the, the titles and the, the, the type of jobs they were trying to hire were those equipment operators and, and CDL drivers, forklift operators, uh, material handlers. And, you know, the skill set a lot of times is, um, you know, they're looking for people who are going are gonna to come in and they're going to come in on time. And, you know, a lot of these skills are trained on the job. So there's uh, on-the-job training uh, programs. There's also, we work, uh, a lot of our employers work closely with our higher education entities, specifically the 
technical college as well as the, the local K-12 Career Academy to try to develop those skill sets earlier on and uh, develop those pipelines. So, Alex, when we're talking about unemployment and underemployment, what I'm hearing from Stephen is, and from you also, you know, this sort of gap between skilled workers, non-skilled workers, and, and what's needed in between. What, what do we think of as the underlying causes of that? Sure. So I think there is a big uh, disconnect between those opportunities that are uh, actually providing substantial support in order to get people up the, the rungs of the economic ladder um, and the, the current opportunities that exist throughout the state of Georgia. A lot of the unemployment figures and the economic growth figures that we're seeing really are nestled around the Atlanta area. And a lot of that growth leaves out the rest of the state. And we're starting to see that uh, we're upskilling and we're growing a workforce that is only prepared to take on opportunities in the metro Atlanta, the high, uh, highly economic mobile, mobile center of our state versus in other parts of the state. So uh, making sure that we're tailoring those investments and uh, partnering with employers and luring businesses and employers to places like Macon Bibb, uh, like in southwest Georgia, too, or along the coast like Savannah and Chatham County uh, is, is a huge um, – would provide huge benefits in terms of closing those gaps. So that's where you come in yeah. and policy researchers like mm -hmm. you and you report to businesses, you report on research to lawmakers that's to right. shape policy. When you see politicians trumpeting a low unemployment rate, are they missing something? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm saying that a little enthusiastically because I feel like a lot of folks are shouting into the void saying that this is not the necessary uh, metric that we should be thinking about uh, when we're, you know, for lack of a better phrase, selling our state, you know, being the number one place to do business uh, should ask us or want us to ask uh, questions about who is missing out on the growth and the opportunity um, because at this current state, it's not the businesses. It's the people who are the unemployed, the underemployed, and so on and so forth. So when I think of the unemployment rate, and this is just one example, Georgia's unemployment rate for the state, you mentioned, is about 3.9%. Uh, when you look, disaggregate that along lines of race, ethnicity, and gender, you see massive gaps between people of color and white individuals in the state. And those gaps have grown over time. Uh, so you also see that in terms of wages. So the unemployment rate has actually declined, but we're seeing that our wages have actually not rebounded since the recession. Um, so a lot of the job growth has been concentrated in opportunities that don't necessarily uh, would be considered economic mobility opportunities. So those are the kind of things that we want to encourage our lawmakers to consider when they're, you know, partnering with employers. I think Stephen brings up a great point about uh, making sure that the, the pay is competitive and employers are bought into that idea specifically for regions that are outside of the metro Atlanta area. Well, what do you think of that, Stephen? Is this a conversation that you have with your colleagues there at the Macon Bibb Industrial Authority? I do, and I'm board, uh, part of the uh, Georgia Economic Developers Association where a lot of these conversations are had, and you know, I think Alex makes a lot of great points in that you know, we work very closely with the Georgia Department of Economic Development, which, as he said, has been uh, gotten us ranked as the number one state to do business in, which that opens up an incredible amount of doors. You know, in our, our business, it's really trying to highlight the available assets, and I think that's the reason we've gotten that, that designation is because of the assets that we have in the state, but it is – it's very competitive, and I think Alex makes a good point also about the uh, the nature in which a lot of employers do look in uh, in and around Atlanta, and it's very competitive outside of Atlanta, and we work very hard to showcase our assets 
And you know, we, you know, while I know this uh, this morning we're talking about what what came about with the Amazon job fair, but I think it's it's also important to point out that a lot of our successes over the last few years have also included the the aerospace industry and the the manufacturing industry, where there are you know, very strong head of household type jobs where there's a lot of mobility for growth opportunities there. And, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out just in being in this industry and getting to have some of the conversations I have with people that have been in these industries for a long time. I talked to a lot of people that have started, um, you know, on the floor working there and now they're the, the vice presidents or the general managers. And so while, yes, I understand that sometimes these entry-level jobs that may not be right where they want, but it's an opportunity, and it's it's a start in getting somewhere where you may want to go to. Alex, you're nodding here. What are you hearing? I mean, I think that's absolutely right. I, I wanted to lift up um, something that the state is doing that I know that the Georgia Department of Economic Development has been really great on championing and supporting, which is Georgia Quick Start, which is a great example of a partnership between the state and employers. Uh, that enables uh, or actually provides a workforce, a ready and equipped workforce to employers that are looking to locate to Georgia. I think that critical investments in programs like that are are so key because what it does is it basically affirms or confirms that whenever a business is looking to re- locate to Georgia, that we are ready and equipped to, to provide a, a sustained workforce for that industry. Uh, and pairing that type of strategy with the long-term strategic industries like logistics, like healthcare, like aerospace, those high demand career industries is going to be so critically important for, for Georgia's future. Alex Carmadell the, from the Georgia Budget and Policy Institute, thanks so much. Thank you. And to you, Stephen Adams, director of the Macon Bibb County Industrial Authority, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Now, here's a little fun fact in training. This segment was produced by an On Second Thought intern, and it's based on reporting from two GPB interns in Macon. So thanks to Jake Troyer, Mariana Bacallo, and to Emily Rose Thorne for their work on this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.